Jeremiah chapter number 18. It's good to see all the visitors, the Barfield family here tonight. Stand with me for the reading of God's Word. Pray for me tonight, please. Jeremiah, the 18th chapter, beginning with verse number 2. Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? Saith the Lord, Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love and we praise you. We thank you for this tonight. We thank you for the way you've been helping us here. Thy holy servants are before thee this night. We pray for an anointing that come from the Holy Lord. That you would set a watch and a guard about my lips, O God, and anointing with that special anointing of the Holy Ghost words that can go into the hearts of people. And God, such stir our hearts, God, convict us, lead Lord, us in the path of what the Spirit is saying to the church. Sake, oh God. We pray that you would anoint in us, anoint our name, anoint our God, be with us to be able to see Lord, that word, that we anoint our hearts to be able to plan, God, anoint our ears to be able to receive what, you what the Spirit of God says in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Jeremiah, the 18th chapter, let's read it again. Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheels. And the vessel that he made of the clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as seemeth good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter? Saith the Lord, Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in my hand, O house of Israel. Notice with me verse number 6. Cannot I do with you as this potter? I want to preach to us tonight a topic that the Lord whispered into my heart this afternoon for this people. Messed up but in the master's hands. The subject before us tonight comes from one of the longest books in the Bible. The book of Jeremiah records the preachings and prophecies of a very young preacher who had a call on his life since he was in the womb of his mother. The first chapter of this book, verse number four, says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. We read further on in that chapter, and we see where Jeremiah makes a public declaration to God that he feels like he's not good enough, that he's not talented enough, that he's not qualified, for he summons God to his attention, and he cites this, Lord, I'm not a good speaker. Where did he learn that from? Well, one of the preachers that went before him, the most famous judge of Israel, used the same excuse to God when Moses said, 
I'm not eloquent of speech. And the Lord chastised Moses with a, a verbal slap in the face. And God said, Who hath made man's mouth? Who maketh the dumb or the deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and I will teach thee what thou shalt say. Praise the Lord. Can somebody say amen? amen. The reason why God qualified this man Jeremiah is because he was a person that was capable of bearing a burden. Most of you know that the charge in the New Testament, the fulfillment of the law is to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So I present to us tonight the need to continue in our hope ministry in reaching the lost and the least in our community and the surrounding area. Can somebody say amen? For God can only use a people that has a burden. God knew that this young preacher man would preach through a broken heart and over tear-stained nose. Yeah. I remember when I first came to LaBelle about 10 years ago, I told this small congregation at that time that I will never preach on the topic of holiness or the outward standard or the dress code without preaching it over tear-stained notes. Can somebody say amen? And so Jeremiah is qualified because he has a burden. And Jeremiah has found all through the word of God, he is used as a testimony for someone that was known as the preacher that cried a lot as he preached. Can somebody say amen? Yeah. So he can't hardly preach for the weeping. Amen. And so I wish all of our preachers were here tonight where I could tell them if they don't have a burden, stay home. If they're preaching for the money, stay home. If they're preaching for the fame and fortune, stay home. But sometimes those that God can use the most are the ones that feel disqualified, are the ones that feel like they're unable. Can somebody say amen? amen. And you see, this news that God had packed in the bosom of Jeremiah was bad news. Our president and chief, Donald Trump, has really terrorized the public news media lately with a statement called fake news. Well, I want to tell you that the preaching that Jeremiah preached was not fake news. It was gun barrel straight and deadly accurate. Every word that he preached was proceeding out of the mouth of God. Could somebody say amen? And so for 40 years, he had a successful ministry. But you'll notice in the sacred writ that this preacher is not like Creflo Daughter. He's not like T.D. Jakes. He's not like some of the prominent preachers of the world today. He's not a millionaire because of his message. The message that he is bearing is a message that nobody wants to hear. Could somebody say amen? And the same kind of message today would pretty much make us bankrupt as professional preachers. Oh, come on now. But for 40 years, he managed somehow in poverty to preach the truth. And his message was to surrender to God or suffer the consequences. I wish Sister Platt was here tonight because I talk a little bit about how crafty she is and artsy she is. She would probably like this sermon, but she's been having some health trouble here lately. But Sister Platt,
It's one of those that any time we move into a building, like Brother Wooten was, the first thing they do is look up in this corner, look up in that corner, look over in this corner, look back there on the back wall, and they look to see does it need a makeover. Can somebody say amen? And I, I'm kind of laughing right now. I remember when we had to move to another location. Sister Platt went in there, and the pews were bleached white on the end because the building had been shut and she knew that the curtains needed to be put in place. Uh, this building had no curtains up. And so she brought to me the next service some curtains with much excitement. She said, I want you to put that in that window. And Brother Platt said, Bobby, I'm telling you, it's not long enough. And she said, I believe it is. He said, how do you know? Did you measure it? And she said, no, I just looked at it with my eyes, and I'm right certain they will measure up. Well, we pulled them out, and they fell about 16 inches too short. I remember the look of embarrassment that come over her face, and as Brother Platt said, as only he could, Bobby, I told you those were not long enough. But what I want to say is she felt like that building needed a makeover. Amen. Right. Come on now. Then we went to the storefront as God began to bless the church and God began to cause it to prosper and to grow. And we looked in that old storefront and it just looked so plain. Brother Wooten looked up there on the front of that back wall and realized we needed some stone and we needed a cross. And there's the cross that he bought. And he realized we needed a new front door to make it more presentable to the general public and to the church people. Right. And I remember when Brother Robertson arrived that particular winter, he put his hands on my shoulder and he said, Oh, this looks just like the place that Brother Howell would pastor. It looks like it's being taken care of. And it looks better than a storefront. Can somebody say amen? It looks like a church. And I don't know how many people were so proud of that little building because of the makeover that Brother Wooten gave it. Can somebody say amen? Go with me. I'm preaching here tonight on being messed up but in the hands of the master. Amen. And so if you'll bear with me, we'll get here in a minute. The Bible student will notice this man of God speaks as the oracles of God. He's a preacher that hears God whispering to his soul that that he should convey to the flock. Because somebody say amen. amen. And so with holy boldness, because he knows who has put this fire that is in his heart that no man can stop, not the iron fist of Nebuchadnezzar. He goes with holy boldness as he laments and he preaches judgment to come and of a necessary repentance that is to be made of faith and towards God. And this man proceeds on to be prophetic, talking about things that are even yet to come. And this narrative tells us that Jeremiah, this young preacher that is obeying God, got up when he heard God say, Arise! Rise and go to the potter's house by instruction of the Lord because he went when the Lord said to go. He found the potter there busy working. I wonder, I wish I had all my preachers that are under my authority here tonight. How many preachers go out when God did not say go? They go looking for an open door and they find it shut and they come back discouraged and disquieted. 
in the spirit and talking about how God hasn't done them fairly. But listen, what I'm trying to tell us here tonight is if God speaks to you, if God sends you there, you will be right on time. And everything will be orderly. And everything will be precisely perfect. Oh, come on now. I feel a preacher in this house tonight. When the Lord tells you to go, you better go. The Bible said in the 10th chapter of Romans, and how shall they preach except they be sent? Come on now. And how can they go except they be called and preach? And how are they going to hear without a preacher? Come on now. Amen. Let's get in here tonight. The thought. Listen, what is that man of God doing here right now? I don't know how many times in my ministry and even as a child of God, the Spirit of God has spoke to me and said, send somebody a text message. It happened today. They preach that message and go to that church and deliver that word and move in Sunday night service. Every time God says do it, I've got to do it. Every time God speaks the word, I've got to obey. So the Lord said, go to the potter's house. And he finds the potter present. Amen. Come on now. I don't understand a preacher that says he felt like he should go. And then when he gets there, the church doors are locked. Amen. Notice with me another interesting point in the narrative. The man of God hears from the Lord while he stands there beholding the potter at work. Come on now. Most of you know that Elijah first heard from God when Elijah came after being told by God to anoint the successors of the kings, to anoint the successor of the prophet. They were busy working. I'm trying to touch every person in this service tonight somehow, some way. Young men, I'll talk to you now. I'll just talk to the preachers. But understand that we must work a job. And God is able to speak to you while you are working that job. I remember the one preacher said, I was a picker of sycamore preacher. Another one said I was a sheep herder of Tacoa. I am so sickened and disgusted by preachers that feel like they don't have to work a job. They lay preachers in the church and they use an excuse. Every time I talk to them about not working, they say I'm waiting on God. Well, maybe God's waiting on us to get a good work ethic. Maybe God's waiting on us to get some qualities that he can use. Jeremiah stood there in careful observation. The work of the potter was in progress while God gave him information about a nation that was in trouble. God uses the little things, the simple things, to profound the wise. God uses these little things to teach us life lessons. Amen. The nation of Israel had relationship trouble and issues as I was writing this down in my notebook this evening. I felt like there was some that would be in this church house tonight that knows what relationship issues are all about. Listen, it's God's will that we dwell together peacefully. 
it's God's will that brothers and sisters get along in the house of the Lord. It's God's will that husbands and wives dwell peacefully together. Right. Right. The nation of Israel was having relationship issues. So if you're having relationship issues, I tell you the best thing to do, get out the prescription that the potter has prescribed for marriage. Where he tells a husband how to treat the wife and a wife how to treat the husband. If you're having parenting issues, the Bible tells us how to raise obedient children. Can somebody say amen? Listen, if we're having a problem being like a coke ball all shook up, waiting to spew. If we're having anger issues, the Father has given us a prescription to help us. Amen. Oh, come on, man. I'm not there. That's what the Holy Ghost showed me. Oh, I'm going to stop somewhere. Come on, now the Bible told us that God was still in authority over the nation of Israel, even though he called her a backslidden heifer. Now, I'm going to tell us something here tonight. No matter how bad we kick against the prince, no matter how many times he's got to prod us with that coat of iron, he is still God. It is he that has made us, and not we ourselves. We are still his people. We are sheep of his pastor. I want to tell us something here tonight. We've got to stay under God's authority. Oh, I feel a preacher. The master is telling Jeremiah to behold the potter. And he says, see what this represents. The Lord represents the potter. Notice the symbolism here. Come on, and we represent the clay or backslidden Israel or spiritual Israel. I believe we can apply this symbolism to the New Testament church. When we look into the potter's house, what do we see, Brother Rocap? Open that door, Brother Nathaniel. And when Jeremiah came in, I'm sure the potter knew his reputation. And believe it or not, when I walk into certain churches, those people that know me, as Apostle Paul said, my manner of life, my message, my calling, my talents, my gifts that God has given me, they ask the same question. The potter asked, what is he doing here? Right. Now sometimes we can tell when the preacher takes his text that he is looking in our house. We can tell he knows where we're at. We can tell that God has looked through our window. Come on now, the Holy Ghost. And that man looked at that reprimand preacher. And he knew there was a purpose for that preacher being introduced into your scenario of life. We don't need to curse the time that the preacher shows up at the potter's house and the potter begins to work on us when the power of God falls in that bunch of holiness church and we realize he snatched up somebody right up on the right up on the head that's in that house and he's plopped up on the turntable. is telling him, look in that window. Look at me hold. <clears throat> Y'all pray for me. I haven't had any problem with my voice in months. 
the devil don't want me preaching this. I believe we can apply this symbolism as an anointed preacher that is able to look through the pains of our life, that is able to see details that we did not realize was wrong with us or issues in our lives that marred in our character. Come on now, because he's looking from a heavenly perspective. Lord, the Holy Ghost that helped me. I feel like every one of us is here tonight by divine appointment. Every one of us has been selected by God to be in this potter's house to hear this sermon. What do we see going on in our world today? Somebody told me the other day, they said, what is going on in our little town called LaBelle? You know, it was Saturday when I first wondered that. Before the woman got ran over that night, before the 25-year-old woman got ran over, before the other issue happened, before I said, Saturday when I saw that Spanish church standing on that street corner holding a sign that said, Jesus is salvation. Come on now. You understand? I told my kids, I said, God is trying to speak to a bell. I said it, and I've heard in the last two days, what is God saying to people. I tell you this, over the last day, I've looked in the window of the bell. I've looked in the window of the United States of America, and I've seen slaughtered babies. I've seen that as it's bloodshed. I've seen a bar in America the beautiful. I've seen a bar of destruction. But listen, I want to tell you this, I believe if we'll pray and humble ourselves now, No matter how bad she's got, no matter how far she's got, when I look and I see what God has to deal with, and I see that she's messed up, but she's still in the hand of the master. She messed up. When she legalized abortion, even the woman that pushed to have it legalized repented up until she died a year or two ago, saying, I should not have promoted that push to legalize abortion. She was tormented for doing that. But can I tell you, we messed up. Oh, we messed up when we neglect our veterans. We never messed up when we let those that fought for us to get on our soul. Contact me 
as we were singing the same God that allowed me to see the Shekinah glory over the Bethel Holiness Church. I know he's got our GPS location, honey. I know he's got it. He showed up. I'm going to tell you this. It does not mean that the eyes of the Lord has not beheld the evil in our small town. It does not mean that the eyes of the Lord that behold the evil and the good has not seen the good of this church having revival and this church having service and this church coming and humbling ourselves and praying and sure as I be a man of God I was standing a little, a little while ago and it came almost as real as when I saw the Shekinah glory and thought God was going to take me to heaven as I worshipped God told me she has ran into a far country and God knows her identity he said but one of these days she's going to run in that church and she's going to say I was wrong I was wrong I was wrong I need to get back to God I heard it in my soul reverberate and she said I was wrong I messed up and you know what? God's going to say, come in your brokenness. As a pastor for some years now, many years now, and even as an evangelist, so another pastor called me today. He said, listen, I texted him. Actually, God put him on my heart. I said, how is my brother? He said, Brother Howell, I ain't heard from this guy in weeks. He said, Brother Howell, I typed you a message earlier. He said, but as I was getting ready to proofread it, and my kids got on the bus, and I had to delete it, I said, Brother, hear what God Almighty said. The box loves the hen house. He loves like a sly devil to come into the house of God and pull it out. Young people, let me tell you something. The devil can take you out and he'll mess you up. He'll harm you, but God will take you back. I've had young women say I messed up and gave away my purity. And because of that, they feel like there's no hope. But God said, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You're in my hands. Amen. And I will restore your purity. Yes, I've heard them say my mind is so messed up because of what they've done to me. What they've done to me. But I hear the Holy Ghost right now. I've got your attention. I can feel it. The Holy Ghost says, I'll help you. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. Ye shall find rest in your soul. As a pastor for quite some time now, there's been those people that said they treated the church this way. They've done this way. Y'all tried to help them and they ran out. Are y'all going to put up with it? Are you going to allow them to come back? Well, I'll tell you what the master said. Look in the potter's house and see what the master is doing. He specializes in the impossibility. He specializes in the difficult cases that nobody wants to take up. And I believe that God will bring the town hooker and the town drunkard into the back of this church and I will shake their hand and bump their necks and welcome them to the potter's house. We used to sing that song in Sunday school, He's Still Working on Me. 
It took him just a week to make the sun, moon, and stars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working from, on me. But I've heard those legalists, those guys, I'm fundamentalist. I believe in old time Pentecost. But those legalists that take it all the way out the right field and they become a Pharisee. Could somebody say amen? amen? They're the first to stiffen their neck and to throw their chest out and say they ought to be perfect. Listen, I know that was a mandate from God whenever I received it, be perfect even as I'm perfect and I'm trying to get there and some of you are trying to get there and I'm not giving you an excuse to sin or to continue in sin. The Bible said, God forbid, don't do that. Get perfect. Get straight. Get in the hands of the master. Cut out them things. That you feel like you're grieving the master and preventing him from making you who you need to be. Can somebody say, man, I believe the Father knows exactly what needs to be done to restore order in our country, to bring order back in our homes, to bring that trucker daddy back home to mama, and to bring that prodigal son and daughter back into the fold. Yes, amen. Amen. He is. The potter. We are the clay. Sometimes we in our self-righteousness, we try to swap roles with God. We try to put our hands into divine providence's work. And what we get is messed up. Boys and girls, moms and dads, we are the clay. He has a plan for our lives. Jeremiah 29 and 11, he made it clear to this preacher, even though he's preaching judgment and damnation to a people, he's making it clear. I know the plans that I have for you. You just will not listen to what I'm trying to do. I've thought about how many people have I, if I had everybody I've ever preached to or helped or prayed with or crawled up on the street corner with. If I had every one of them, it'd be over a hundred people in this church house tonight. The people don't like walking in that building, Brother Philip. They don't like to walk into the potter's house. They don't like the preacher to apply the tonic of one of God into their heart. They don't like that crumbling spirit. They don't like that humbling spirit. Listen, I'm going to tell you this. If you don't get that crumbling spirit, that broken spirit, and a humbling spirit, you're going to go tumbling down. Can somebody say amen? Listen, I want God's plan for my life. I want God's vision for me worked out. If I would just let Jesus take care of it. Another pastor, he inquired of me today, and he said, I need your prayers. And so I said, listen, I'll tell you this. I'm going to preach tonight on the potter's house. He said, Lord, no, I'm in there. Y'all listening to me? Preachers, preachers' wives, huh? pastors, pastors' wives, pastors' kids, people that have been in church, elders, associate pastors, He's still working on us. And whenever he takes us off the wheel, we'll be when we get to heaven. Come on now. It's easy for us to bombard heaven's suggestion box telling him how we should be. I feel like I should be married to this one. 
I feel like I should have this job. I feel like I should be living here. I feel like that preacher should be preaching like this. I feel like he should be preaching this kind of lovey-dovey message. Listen, I believe I have educated my flock and taught us by now. Be careful questioning your pastor. Is there sometimes in a revival you'll notice I call for revival and I'll move the revivalist, the speaker, into the pulpit right quickly. Sometimes quicker than others. And then there's other times that I come to church knowing the Holy Ghost has told me that he would not be preaching tonight. And sometimes when I shake their hand, God has talked to them too. And he says these words, man, I've struggled all day. I ain't been able to get nothing. I want you to know if you get it, run with it. I'm already thinking. I thank you. I already feel that in my soul tonight that it loves the workings of the master. Come on now. You know what that is? That is God taking a pastor and an evangelist and shoving them in the potter's house and saying, I need to work on this here tonight a little bit. I need to switch it up and to mix it up a little bit. We recently had some guest ministers and some of you will remember it. I will not go into detail, but you will remember one night particularly during that entire revival. I preached on you've got to make a discovery for a recovery. What some of y'all did not know, there was something horrible happening, but the Holy Ghost knew it. And some of us may have protested what God was trying to promote, but you never know what God's trying to do in the potter's house. God knows. God knows when the pastor and his family needs to be on the potter's wheel. I remember when them old timers used to be quick to put us youngins on the potter's wheel and give us a spin and say, young people ought not to talk like that. They ought not to treat adults like that. They shouldn't act like that. Come on, that's another sermon for another day. But for us to raise up obedient children, we're going to have to put them daily on the potter's wheel. Amen. It's not what I want them to be. I just said we bombard heaven with our suggestions. We stuff his suggestion box full. We... I mean, we, you guys see pastors, they're pitiful. If they ain't got 30, 40, 50, 60 people in their crowd, 30, 20, if they've got two or three, they don't have church. Right. My God in heaven, if I had to use that as the rule, we'd have never ended up with a church down here. That's it. Oh, come on, it's quiet right here. His plan for me is the best one available. Amen. If I'm not careful, it's easy for me to lay it out to God in my prayer closet on what I think he should do. But I've learned concerning bridal candidates for my boys. I've said not my selection, but God's selection. God knows what Jesse needs. God knows what Nathaniel needs. And I told Jeremiah just two days ago with my arm on him, me and him in private. I said, I don't know, son, but something mysterious happened to Daddy at Bethel Holiness Church Sunday. You just hang in there. It might happen to you. I'd be afraid to miss that service. I said, but God made me aware of something Sunday that God has a perfect plan in place for your life. I had a perfect peace. And I noticed the peace came over him, Brother Tyler, as he realized, come on, I wish he could have been here tonight not having to work if he could have heard this. But God's plan is the best one available. Notice the imagery. The hand of the potter can represent the influence 
in our lives that God has introduced into our lives. Amen. Right. Sister Wooten, during Pastor Appreciation that morning, I was sitting in the sound booth. That's where I sit during Sunday school. Yeah. And I oversee and take in what I was being taught. That way, if anything's taught online, I can correct. Right. I've never had to do that, thank God. Amen. But during Sunday school, back during Pastor Appreciation, Sister Wooten made the comment. She said, I'd hate to see Pastor Howe leave the church or God take him. And she humbled herself and she said, because I need him. Now, I love, I sing with the best of them, ain't? I don't need nobody else as long as I got King Jesus. But whenever I get to that part where it says I don't need a pastor, I don't need a teacher, I say, God, I sure need a pastor. I sure need a teacher. Huh? Right. Y'all understand where I'm coming from, don't you? Yes. I sure need this. Yes. And what Sister Wooten was saying, I ain't arrived yet, and I need somebody. Yes, sir. Well, come on now, I ain't Carl. Right. We all need somebody right. to lean on. Right. Sister Cheryl told me last night, come on, there was one particular church. They lost that person they leaned on. Well, we need to lean on our pastor. Right. Come on, that's not shameful. Right. That, that's right. not shameful. Right. That's not reproachful. Right. That's not come on wrong to do. Right. We need somebody's influence in our lives. That yeah. is why I thank God for elders in our church and know their place and know how to behave because I know PK, preacher kids, need somebody else to look up to. And this is why I preach the way I do because every person tonight is being influenced in some way or another. It's easy. It's so easy to come in here and just put up a guard. And instead of the shield of faith deflecting the fiery darts of the wicked one out there, we find ourselves trying to defend our position Against the preaching. Right. Now I'll help you defend your position against inappropriate preaching. Come on, can somebody say amen? Right. But whatever it is, the word of God, and we are not supposed to be resisting it. We need to accept it. Right. Years ago, I was preaching here with just a handful. We had some visitors that night. And I could tell they did not appreciate what does say the word of God. I could tell they loved me before church. I could tell they thought I was a cool guy after church. But I could tell when I preached what God said, they had a problem with it. And I remember saying, sit still while I inoculate your hide. Come on now. <laughs> and there's going to be times that God tries to deal with the poison that is coursing through our veins by divine intervention. Could somebody look in that potter's house? Notice the imagery. There is a hand, and it's the hand of Almighty God beginning to influence the shaping of these people's minds. God can take one holiness preacher and change the course of that church. Yes, sir. Amen. Put the wrong man in the right church and turn it wrong and reshape it. Do you understand? Look at the imagery. The hand coming in to the clay that represents the influence. This is why I'm careful with the type of music that I listen to. This is why I'm careful with the kind of company that I keep. Right. Right. Amen. Yeah. 
I need to be influenced in the right directions. I need to be shaped in the shape and the mold that he desires me to be. We yield to the hand of the doctor and we go without asking any questions. I just read it in the paper. I think it was a Fort Myers News just last night. One of them colonoscopy doctors down there in Health Park. That's supposed to be the hospital everybody down here trusts. Said he'd been molesting them women while he was doing that procedure. But come on now. Been doing it. He'd been caught before. But I wonder how many people went in there and asked him, would you please help me? Would you please cure my cancer? And I believe he's a demon. He shouldn't have been doing that, that dirty dog. That's wrong. But my problem is, why are we investigating the physicians and the attorneys at law better than we are the men of God? But we go to the doctor, we throw ourselves on an operating table. We don't know if he's a dirty dog or a pervert. You don't know if you'll take your innocence or not while you're under anesthesia. Listen, I'm trying to tell us here tonight, but we are so, so hesitant to receive what does say the Word of God. Come on. Let that sink in. Let this saying sink down in your ears. We go in there and say, oh, work on me. But we cite. There's been a few shady preachers that we've seen exposed in our lives. And so we're uncomfortable going to the house of God. But listen, I can promise you this. There's been a whole lot more shady positions and a whole lot more shady attorneys at law and a whole lot more crooked judges. And can I even say this? A whole lot more crooked presidents of the United States and secretaries of state than there have been these men that have handled this blessed book. Listen, I can handle a sample and my conscience not bother me. As a preacher of the gospel, if I open this book and take a text, my conscience is tried. Yes, Praise God. Praise God. Thank the Lord Jesus. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right there. So why do they tell us? I don't want to go to church. There's too many people stole money. Too many ministries crooked, not this one. Right. You want to know what Operation Hope has an inventory? Look on the bulletin board. Every crayon's accounted for. It's, it's so easy for us to discard and disregard the influences that God, by divine appointment, has put in our lives. I wonder what would have happened if Sister Howell would have noticed that after we had met and talked for a couple months, that she realized this preacher, he's a young man. But he's preaching to me on his dates. Rather than pleasing me, he's preaching to me. Right. Right. Because the potter knows exactly what needs to be done to restore order in our country. Right. That's right. These influences the potter brings in many point out changes we need to make. Right. Right. The Bible says, sanctify yourselves. That's right. Yes. You deal with it. You ask God to take it. You ask God. I'll work with you as your pastor. I won't condemn you. I'll love you. You make a mistake. You get messed up. I'll take you to the hands of the master and say, here they are, God. They're lost in shambles. They're broken in pieces. I won't tell you I told you so. I'll take you to the potter's house and let him do something about it. Listen, only God can do these changes, these total changes that can take a person's life and turn them around. The Bible said, if any man be 
be in Christ. He is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. These changes can hurt and be painful. Now, I don't want to sound crude here. It's not my intent. But silly people nowadays go through sex change. Transgenders. And now they can change their birth certificates from male to female or to X. But whenever a preacher preaches something, it's just a little bit painful. But I knew this wouldn't be one of them shouting the top messages. Sunday morning, it was the same way, and the power of God fell in here. If we'll break ourselves, that's what brings us the kind of glory into the church house. It's not shouting over the top of the issues. Say, God, change me. Change me, Lord. I really want to be more like you. Don't let me stay the same. Don't let me be this creature of habit. No matter how harmful these habits of life may seem, change me and make me a new creature. That's what David said as Brother Jesse comes to the piano. Change me. Trust the Lord. And lean not to thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy path. Sister Hal, if you would stand, please. 25 years ago, there was a young woman that made my acquaintance that if you were to see her then, you would have no idea that she would be a Patrick wife today. But here was a young lady that God knew what they meant me, what you want And sometimes those changes, brother, the Lord, you've been there, they're painful. And they hurt. I want to tell you something. You ever had a parent that said, listen, this discipline, this chastisement is going to hurt me more than does you? When I was a little kid, I said, yeah, gosh. I don't think so. You're crazy. But then when I became a parent, I found out how bad it hurt me. And then you say, pastor, pastor, do you realize how bad you hurt me? Do you realize how painful that sermon was to me personally? But if you could go to the potter's house and if you could look through the pain on the other side and see Jeremiah the weeping prophet, you'd see me tossing and turning all night long. I'm saying, Lord, that was totally against my grain, against my nature to be confrontational. Y'all see the weeping prophet just on the other side of the pain, outside looking in the potter's house. The Holy Ghost is wanting to help us tonight. I promise you that the pain sometimes is great. The hurt seems severe. There's been times that you as a person on the pew and me even as a pastor, can I say I shared your sentiments many times. Let me reveal my humanity to you. There's been many times that as a pastor would God get me in trouble to preach something I knew would inflict harm or pain. That the spirit, the sword of the spirit would wound somebody, would cut them, go on down. There's been times that I've shared your sentiments. I don't know if I can go back. That's what Jeremiah said. Y'all feel this holy reverence coming in this church house tonight? Jeremiah said, I'm not going to mention your name anymore, Lord. You've got me in trouble enough, what he's saying. I'm bankrupt. 
I'm a pauper for a preacher. I'm not a millionaire. Nobody wants to hear what I have to say. If you change my ministry, I believe I'd flourish. But then he said his words in my heart like a fire. It's shut up in my bones. I'm weary with forbearing. I cannot stay. I've got to preach it. But there's been times that I've said, Lord, it'd be easier if I was just a person on the pew than the pastor of the church. Because it hurts me. Yo, more than it hurts you. But I want you to know something. It's this pain that some of you are dealing with. And I felt this today. You say, I messed up. Virtue, innocence, the devil stole some things from me. My mind, habits, addictions. This is what you said today. I heard it. I was just about to fall asleep. I messed up. But you're in your master's hands. It may be painful, it may be hurtful, but it will never be harmful, and it will never be fatal. The preacher will never kill you. Can somebody say amen? Let's stand tonight. What I feel like is somebody needs to yield God their trust. Somebody needs to say, Pastor, I'm going to allow myself to get into the hands of the Master and I'm going to allow Him to work this out for me. Romans 8, 28 said, all things will be worked together for our good. If I could ask you please to bow your head tonight, lean not to your own understanding. Please notice that this vessel Jeremiah observed was marred in the hands of the potter. What it's saying is it's spoiled, it's messed up, it's broken, it's empty. The potter is able to fix it.